The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. The N-OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. for listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Hello, listeners. It's a USA Costa Rica preview. I call official, but Stephen doesn't think so. I'm Armand Kafai, across in Wisconsin. Stephen Jodorin. Hello. How are you? What's up? Awesome show for you. It's your USA Costa Rica preview. We got Donald Wine second calling in here in a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk about the USA. We're going to talk about the Costa Rica. We're going to talk about lineups. We're going to talk about history. We're going to talk about everything USA Costa Rica on this show. It's a Uncle Sam Soccer Pod special. A special. A special indeed. And I just want to start off with listeners, if you haven't had the opportunity to donate to some sort of charity going to to the victims of Hurricane Harvey, please do. Uh, We retweeted a couple of links that you can. Uh, The Houston Dynamo are actually selling shirts that says Houston Strong. They're $20. All the the money goes to benefit the the people of Houston. So uh, I lived there for five years. It's kind of a little bit of part of my home. So... Uh, it's well and dear to my heart, so please go do that. Absolutely. Thoughts and prayers are with the Houston community as uh, Harvey has just ravaged that town and that city and that area. Donate if you can. J.J. Watt also has a fundraiser going on as well. He's raised uh, quite a bit of money, but go ahead, donate or buy a shirt if you'd like. The Dallas Beer Guardians are also doing something with the Texan Army and the San Antonio Supporters Group, so you can donate to that as well. All around, it's great to see soccer unite uh, in times of a crisis like Hurricane Harvey. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to unite behind the USA. They're going to be taking on Costa Rica at Red Bull Arena tomorrow at 6.55 Eastern time, as if that's actually when they're going to start. Yeah, it might be. I, I'm going to guess 7, 7.05, 7.10. Yeah. It's, UEFA has, does it brilliantly. They start on time. The Champions League starts at... 8.45 their time, but 1.45 central time. Like, it's on the dot. It's incredible how they, like, it's it's well ran. Here with MLS and the national team, it's like, you never know. It's bad. But, Let's uh, jump into the history, though, because we don't care about the Champions League. We care about USA right yes, now. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, Mexico is in first place in the hex with 14 points. Costa Rica in second with 11. USA in third with 8 points. Panama is holding on to that playoff spot. One point behind the U.S. at 7. Honduras at 5. And then Trinidad and Tobago with 3. This will be the 37th all-time meeting between Costa Rica and USA. And they're deadlocked with an overall record of 15 wins, 6 draws, and 
15 L's. So both sides. That's as close as you can get. As close as you can get. And the, the goal scoring has been pretty close too. Costa Rica scoring 40 goals in the U.S. with 37. So, right. so, so the U.S. powerhouse with Costa Rica, it's even. It's it's really even. And the, the statistic has been since uh, 1975. Gotcha. Yeah, that's really interesting to see how even they are. I mean, I know we, we usually don't have the best of luck against the Costa Ricans, but um, I never thought it was that even. Well, on the road, the USA is garbage against Costa Rica. On the road. Garbage. Garbage. The, Klinsman yeah, lost yeah, his Klinsman, job. Yeah, exactly. Lost his job because they lost 4-0 last year. Is that bad? Yes. On the home, on the other hand, 15 wins, 5 losses, and 4 draws. So it, it's pretty even. And the last big game when it, with the World Cup qualifier was the snow the snow game in Denver. Do you oh, remember that? Was that? Funny. that was really funny. The orange ball came out. There was a bunch of snow on the ground. Costa Ricans were pissed. Yeah, but they still played, and USA got that win. They did, and uh, I, my favorite pitcher is Jermaine Jones with his afro covered in snow. So it was like he was wearing a hat. Yeah, it's pretty funny, honestly. It was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Clint Dempsey. I remember that. Clint Dempsey scored um, the the only goal of that game, and everybody was pissed off because of the snow. The USA right. loved it because they won, but the, the Costa Ricans were pissed. Um. And in fact, they haven't won a World Cup qualifier on American soil since '98. Since we switched over to the to the current format of the hex, uh, hexagonal uh, pyramid, or the hex, not a pyramid, but you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. They I haven't won anything. Uh, and then the previous two games, you had the Gold Cup, right? Yeah, which I which, was at. Which you were at. It's really hard to judge tomorrow's game against the gold the gold cup. You can't because the USA played a B team, and even though Costa Rican's team was stronger, I feel like there's just so much more of a uh, incentive. Is that the word? Incentive or motivation to in a World Cup qualifier because you're actually competing for a World Cup spot. The Gold Cup is a nice tournament, nice cup tournament to prepare you on the international stage. World Cup qualifying is the biggest stage in sports. No, and it, it really is. The Costa Ricans will be motivated. Now, you had before that, you have the USA 4 nail loss in Costa Rica. But how can you judge that when you had Klinsman on, on, at the helm? If you look at the, the lineup, you think it's a completely different squad. You know, Guzan was in goal. You had Timmy Chandler, Omar Gonzalez, John Brooks, Matt Beasler, Fabian Johnson... Get Jermaine Jones playing, so you, you do see some overlap. But you know, Timmy Chandler is in here. Guzan won't be in goal. Other, you know, so Jermaine Jones. So three players suddenly switch. You have a new manager, a new lineup. Uh, the the mentality from the USA is completely different now. It was it was a game where you saw the, the players give up on Klinsman. In my opinion, there That's was no brilliant. effort given. There was no effort given. There was nothing. There was. It was a game where you knew Klinsman was going to be fired. The Mexico game was, it was like, ah, uh, you know, they played really attacking. There was a first loss in Columbus uh, against Mexico, and it was really disappointing that they lost. But you're like, okay, it's Mexico. Against Costa Rica, a 4-0 schmacking, and the way they got schmacked was really embarrassing. And that's when you saw players truly give up on Klinsman. That's when they had to let him go and eventually bring in Bruce Arena. 
Oh, absolutely. And you 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 said it well. They gave up on Klinsman. Now they support Bruce. I think the players do support Bruce. Whether you like Bruce or not, the players are behind him. And you see the importance when a, a player is behind the manager. I hate to, to, to swim out of the pond here, but look at Arsenal. The players are not behind Arsene Wenger. And look at where the club is. Look at Klinsman. The players kind of lost it with Klinsman. Look at where, where he went. But Bruce Arena has the players behind him. And he's been successful. He's still yet to lose. It's funny. Um, I remember we did a show, I think, really early on. And uh, I think it was Omar Gonzalez. He talked about how they actually have defined positions, you know? Yes. They have defined roles, what they want to do. And under Klinsman, you really were, like, not sure what position you were going to play. Oh, um, absolutely. Like, they, did, they didn't know they were going to run a 3-5-2 against uh, Mexico in that first game in Columbus until, I think, was it three or four days before? But uh, they had trained two separate groups to train for the Mexico match at Azteca, which was probably the best displays I've seen the United States team play recently in that one-run draw running that 3-4-3. So these are two different styles, and um, it looks like the players are behind the arena because he provides with them clarity at the position and their defined roles. Oh, I mean, I 100% agree. Now, how important is this game to the national team? Now, when it comes to best-case scenario, now I'm reading from Brian Bross uh, from SI, uh, he quote, uh, he writes, there's an unlikely best-case scenario that would see the Americans through to Russia, thus completing the remarkable reversal on Bruce Arena. Victories over Costa Rica and Honduras would lift them to 14 points. Then Trinidad and Tobago would have to recapture some of its 2005 form, drawing but not beating Honduras and winning Panama City, or winning in Panama City. That would send the USA to the World Cup with more than six points separating the Americans and the final three places in CONCACAF table with two games to go. So there's a possibility of the U.S. qualifying for the World Cup. Uh, the, the next three games after Costa Rica will be uh, on the road against Honduras, then hosting Panama, and then on the road at uh, in Trinidad and Tobago. But how important is this game to the Americans? I think it's, it's really important because... This, I mean, they got a great uh, result in Azteca, and they got that fantastic result in Azteca, and they've been slowly gaining momentum and whatnot. I think this is good for their momentum. This is big for them. And uh, to turn around from where they were at zero points after two games to now in a great position, is a, it's, it's a really important game uh, for the United States. I think every qualifier is an important game, to be honest with you. I don't think there's any qualifier you can take off. I mean... These points are all needed, especially for the United States. I think all these four games are, if they have to be, must-wins. No, I, I agree it's a must-win game. But if you think about it, for God forbid them drop points here. Now, we'll, we'll talk about what the expectation when it comes to, to beating Costa Rica and, and Honduras. Honduras is in a couple of days. We'll do that on, 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 in Sunday's show. So don't worry about that. But you do have to look ahead to USA-Panama because Panama is right behind the U.S., they are in that playoff spot. So if the Panama were to get six points from their two games and the U.S. suddenly drop something, then that October 6th matchup is massive. So the United States has to look at these games as must-win. So they're not playing playoff uh, so football, soccer, in the final two games. Because if they were to lose something, a bad deflection, referee decision, the U.S. could suddenly be playing in the playoff position or be playing a playoff game to get to the World Cup. And that is something that 
needs to be in the mindset of Bruce Arena and the players. Exactly. It's it, They have no room for error, in, in my opinion. Um, and the key, the key thing about the USA-Panama game is uh, it's actually going to be in Orlando. Oh, and that, you know, the southern states do have a lot of uh, fans that are um, called foreign. I don't know how to say it. There's a lot of, pen, uh, you know, wherever you go, there's always going to be support for whoever the U.S. plays. That's exactly. Why, that is why you saw them always playing Columbus because the U.S. had such a home field advantage there. Exactly, exactly. And there might be some Costa Rican contingency uh, tonight. We saw them in the Gold Cup. So yeah. it's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, absolutely. So um, we're going to have Donald One Second here joining us. We're super excited. So we'll be right back. Alrighty, joining us is Donald Wine II. He is the co-manager of Stars and Stripes FC, and he's on the national board for the American Outlaws. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing, guys? Doing great. Doing good. Let's begin. What are your game uh, game thoughts? You know, it's going to be it's, it's the most crucial game of the of the hex at this point. You know, we we've had a great run so far through 2017. The team is looking really good, and, and it seems like all the chemistry, they're gelling, they're all together. This is where we have to finally put it all together with uh, World Cup qualification in sight. Um, it's time to go out and grab it. And, and with uh, with Costa Rica being just above us in the standings, this is probably the most important game. You know, We always talk about USA-Mexico, home and away being the most important games in the Hex, but in actuality, this is the game that we need the three points the most. Um, securing that at home... Um, becoming level will be will be second uh, or, or tied for second uh, with Costa Rica with a win tomorrow. Um, that is going to really set the tone uh, for this team in going to Honduras and collecting three points there as well. So it's, I mean, it's an understatement saying that you know it's an important game. Now, do you expect the three points against Costa Rica? I do. Um, you know, you always want to win your home qualifiers. Uh, we haven't lost one uh, until you know Mexico and Colum- uh, last last fall in Columbus. Uh, we hadn't lost one since 2001. You have to secure those points. Those are you know you have five games at home. That's 15 crucial points that you want to make sure that you have. Uh, and so I think that's what this mindset of the team is. Uh, they sound like they're locked in. They're ready to go. Uh, and I and I expect three points tomorrow. Hey Donald. Is there, do you think there's any pressure on Bruce Arena? I personally don't think so. I think he's done a good job. But some people in the soccer community may think that Bruce Arena has a little bit of pressure. Is there any pressure on him to uh, get uh, these crucial results? Uh, I don't think there's any pressure. If there is, he's not showing it. Um, and I think that's kind of why you bring on a coach like that. You know, When, we, when they fired uh, Jurgen Klinsmann and brought on Bruce Arena, it, it was understood that he's bringing him on. Uh, he's coming in just for the to get this team to the World Cup and through the World Cup. Um, so is that a lot of pressure? Absolutely. You're trying to qualify uh, for the grandest tournament of them all. But I don't think he plays – I don't think he coaches with that kind of pressure. I don't think he coaches um, his players that way. And they seemed a lot loose, and, and they've played a lot better, in my opinion, under him. So if there's any pressure, he's not showing it. And it doesn't seem like he is the type of guy to – to you know, waver. Um, you know, when it comes to these sort of odds, qualifying for the World Cup after you know losing the first couple games, he's going to make sure that this team is loose, ready to go. And and he's a player's coach, and you can tell by how the players are responding to his 
his leadership, um, that they are ready to go and they're ready to play for him. Absolutely. Absolutely. We just talked about that, right, Steven? No, I mean, we, we really did. I think I think there's a game. There's not necessarily all that much pressure on Bruce Arena, but there is an expectation with the team as a whole from from top on to the bottom. And, and it is the expectation to get these three points against Costa Rica and then pretty much have a – after that, it's going to be smooth sailing when it comes to actually qualifying for Russia. Obviously, the USA do not want to fall into that playoff position. Then who knows who you're going to end up playing. But what about the Gold Cup? Does, is there any you know effects from beating Costa Rica in Dallas not too long ago on this game tomorrow? I mean, I think you see you know, Costa Rica brought most of their players. We, at that point, had a lot of our players, but not, not all of our uh, what we call the a team. Um, so tomorrow, I think you kind of have to kind of disregard um, the the game in uh, Dallas last month because there is two different teams that are going to take the field. At least right. for us, there's a different team. Uh, but I think the mentality of approaching this game is the same because that was that was a major tournament semifinal. You have to approach it with that kind of mentality of hey, if we don't win this game, then we're in trouble or we're going home. You kind of approach that with that same mentality. Uh, and I think the players are doing that. I think the one thing that I, I find with the players is everybody on the team knows exactly what their role is. If they're going to start, they know what they're supposed to do. If they're going to sit on the bench, they know when they're if they're coming in or how Bruce Arena is going to use them. He's really good at utilizing his players, getting maximizing the most effort out of them. And, and, and part of that is by getting everybody on the same page. And I think that is what is going to correlate from the game last month to the game tomorrow. You have some of those guys who walk in, they know exactly what their role is going to be, and then you and they're going to be great at using that leadership to bring the other guys along and understanding what Costa Rica is going to bring to the table. You know, I think that is what is going to be the key tomorrow. If these guys are all on the same page, and it seems like they are, smooth sailing in my opinion. Absolutely, that that's that's absolutely what I was thinking. That. Arena has defined those roles for these players. In in your opinion, and Stephen, I'll ask you as well. Who do you think a player outside of Christian Pulisic? Because I love watching him play, and he's easily one of the better, if not the best player for the national team. What uh, player do you think uh, uh, is going to be someone that we need to watch? Michael Bradley, I, and I say that because anytime Michael Bradley is on, we have never played terribly. Um, he is the you know. You, you could talk about Darlington Nagby, his creativity. I love watching the guy play. Uh, Christian Pulisic, obviously, you, you can watch him play for you know the rest of your life and, and yeah. be amazed. <laughs> but Michael Bradley is the quarterback. He's the engine. He's the heartbeat of the team. He's the captain. And and when he is on, like you know, if you go back to the game at Azteca, when he scored that goal uh, with six minutes in the game, that set the tone for the entire match. Absolutely. And even though we ended up with a draw, like yeah. At the end of the day, you say Michael Bradley was the reason why we were in that game the entire time. If if that happens tomorrow, if he plays a good game, he's distributing the offense, working on the defense, and quarterbacking this team, it, you're going to see a great, great performance out there from the rest of the guys because they feed off of that. And, and if one thing that you have in your captain is someone to feed energy off of, Michael Bradley's that dude. So uh, that's my guy to watch. Uh, my guy would be not necessarily the biggest name, but I like watching Bobby Wood. It's just my personal opinion. I like the way he plays. I think it's a, it's a, he links up well with Josie out the door. But it actually leads me to my next question. I was talking with a couple of buddies of mine about the national team. And as far as excitement level 
he says it's hard to really be excited about the national team besides for Christian Pulisic. Now, I don't know if you if you had any thoughts on, on on just, you know, the excitement leading up to this game or just around the national team. I think you look, if if you can't get hype about tomorrow's game, then I I really don't know what to tell you. <laughs> This is this is the, this is it. World Cup qualifiers are the most important games we have on our schedule outside of the actual World Cup. And if you can't get jazzed up for these guys that are coming in, then honestly, you're probably not that excited about soccer in general. And and we need to we need to have a little tutorial session. But tutorial you know, session. <laughs> this guy, you know, these guys are coming in. You know, just just think about the last couple of weeks. I mean, club seasons have started. How many people are watching teams like Dortmund? You know, hurt the Berlin Wolfsburg. Because our guys are playing, you know that sort of excitement. We didn't have that five years ago. We weren't sitting there trying to find all these games on TV on the internet because of one guy being on the team. Yeah, right. there's a lot of people who are Dortmund fans because of one guy. It's not because of Dortmund. It's because they are so fascinated with watching Christian Pulisic play that they will watch Dortmund at seven in the morning. You have guys that watch Stoke City. Why would you watch Stoke City other than to see <laughs> Jeff Cameron play? Like yeah. that is, I mean, that sort of excitement. That is all, all I need to know about the excitement level of of the of people for these players and for this game. Because if we're sitting here, getting up at all hours of the morning or staying up to all ends of the night to watch guys play on their club teams, obviously we want to see them put it together for the national team. So tell your friend he needs to get jazzed up because this this is the team to watch and, no, I, and they're I, all together. I so. definitely agree. I just think on on a, on a more personal note, besides for Christian Pulisic, the team is rather older. When when it comes to the names, you know Michael Bradley, you know Clint Dempsey, you know Josie Altidore. Christian Pulisic, for some reason, doesn't get the attention that you would see as a young American athlete here in America. Now, if you were playing in the MLS, it's a different story. But Christian Pulisic is as big as it gets. I mean, in the MLB, he is Bryce Hopper. In the NFL, he's Tom Brady when it comes to American soccer. He's that big. He is the LeBron James of American soccer. So it's a little baffling. I wish the U.S. media could really hype him up because, I mean, he's just so exciting. You'll see Christian Pulisic jerseys everywhere. The Dortmund jersey. It's just incredible how one year ago, he was kind of still of a no-name. Right, and, and you know what? But you have a lot of these players. Like for example, I think Darlington Nagby is Kyrie Irving. He's not the best player in the NBA, but he's one that everyone wants to watch on a regular basis because you know he's going to do something spectacular. Um, you know, you have those kind of players. You know, Jeff Cameron. He, you know, he's not going to be flashy, but he's going to get the job done. And honestly, when you're back line, if you don't know who they are, that's perfect because that means they did a great job. They didn't have to call his name because he made a mistake. It's like a referee, you know what I mean? Like, you don't want to know the referee's name because that means he did something of importance. And you don't want the referee doing anything of importance. You just want him to do his job. And I think with the back line, you know, you have some of these guys that people are like, who are these guys? And that's fine with me because the diehards are going to know those guys' names. Again, we're watching them all the time. And those guys that you see in the, in the midfield and up front being creative, Bobby Wood, Josie Altidore, Darlington Nagby, Fabian Johnson, these guys are, are people who – if you don't know them now, like, I mean, Josie Altor, if you don't know him by now, then you just haven't been watching soccer the last, you know, 10 years. But if you don't know Darlington Nagby's name, you're going to watch a game tomorrow. You can be like, oh, I remember that kid. That kid's really good. And that's what we want to see because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter about the name recognition or how the media portrays them. It matters about how they play. And when you see them play, and I mean, again, 
most of the people who go to games aren't going for the hundredth time. They're going no. for the first yeah. or second time. Yeah. Right. They're going to leave knowing, hey, I saw Darlington Nagby play. I saw Christian Pulisic play. play. I saw Michael yeah. Bradley play. And they're going to latch on to these guys. Oh, absolutely. Ab- absolutely. Now, Donald, we're about to wrap up. We have to hear your prediction. Who do you have winning this game? Well, I'm pretty sure the USA win this game. But what's your score line? Uh, I'm going to go 3-1 to one, uh, U.S. And uh, I think it's going to be one where they – they might score the first goal and make it kind of shaky, but then we will uh, dominate in the second half. I think that's where we wore them down uh, a, couple, a couple months ago, and I think that's where it's going to happen tomorrow night. So 3-1 United States. Awesome. Well, here on the show, we have a shameless plug. Go ahead and let the listeners know where to follow you, where we can find your content. Yeah, so I'm at uh, starsandstripesfc.com. Uh, you can obviously find me uh, on Twitter at BlazingDW, and really where you can find me uh, is at almost any American Outlaws tailgate uh, for the U.S. men's national team and women's team. Come find me. Say hi. Uh, we're a great, great group of people. Uh, we're one big family, and so that's where you can find me. Uh, awesome. Hopefully we'll see you guys soon. Absolutely. Sweet. Thanks, Donald. Thanks, Donald. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Welcome back, listeners. That was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely interesting. Donald has a fantastic knowledge of the game. American Outlaws, which is fantastic. Armand, actually, you and I need to go to one of those games, set up and record. Uh, I think it would be fascinating. I'm down. I mean, uh, especially when the Hall of Fame opens up in uh, Frisco and they'll play more games in Frisco. I'm down. Yes, yes. National team will play more games in Frisco. I mean, come on. They will? They should be, yeah. That's I think, I think that was part of the uh, attraction of bringing in the uh, Hall of Fame. Ah, huh, very interesting. Very interesting. Maybe it's, it was a good business decision after all. Who knows? Um, but let's talk about the Costa Rican perspective because they are second place in the standings with eleven points. Um, in fact, they could secure a second straight World Cup appearance with an upset victory in New Jersey but would still have a f- easy path to Russia should they lose. Uh, you know, Oscar Ramirez, the manager, don't expect him to do all that much when it comes to this game. I think they're going to sit back and kind of hope to absorb the pressure rather than go for it. This isn't necessarily a must-win game. I think a result, a draw would be perfect for this squad. Absolutely, but I think... Some of us are underestimating the Costa Rican team. They're a fantastic squad. I think they're up there. Either they're part of the third best team in Concacaf. Let's be honest here. Well, and they are a, a quality side. Now you can make the argument they're second best based second on the standings. Best. Let I mean, give them credit. They're second best in the heck. Yeah, Costa Rica didn't beat the USA in the Gold Cup, but the USA brought more stars. They wanted to win this Gold Cup more than Costa Rica did. And. Um, I just wanted to uh, name off some of the players on this roster. Um, we have Taylor Navas, obviously the Real, Real Madrid giver. Um, Francisco Calvo, a Minnesota United player. Um, just going through that list. We have uh, Oviedo from, uh, from Sunderland. We have uh, Jose Salavitiera, who was going to be an FC Dallas player until he failed his medical. Uh, Kendall Watson, a Vancouver Whitecap. Uh, looking through, we also have Christian Bolaños, the Vancouver Whitecaps player. 
David Guzman from Portland, Johan Venegas from Minnesota, Rodney Wallace from New York City FC, and we also finally have Marco Urania from San Jose. Now, why do you think I named all those players? Oh, I for, I okay, go ahead. Why? Uh, the majority of them, except for Oviedo, Stella Vitera, and uh, Navas, are MLS players. Yeah, you have Tejeda from Lausanne Sport from uh, my home country of Switzerland. I wanted to throw that in. He's actually oh, probably okay. going to be uh, starting. So, no, but I mean, this is an MLS heavy squad, which is good. But they do. Oh, I, yep. I forgot Rodney Wallace from NYCFC. Okay, there Sorry about that, Rodney. But they do have two key players missing. Joe Campbell, he has knee surgery following the Gold Cup uh, group stage. He got injured there. And then uh, NYCFC defender wingback Ronald Martirita. Martirita. Yeah. Martirita. Martirita with a broken foot. And both of those are really key players because Ramirez is probably going to run some sort of four-back line and then crowd the midfield. Or it might be a flip where he he puts five at the back, four in the front, and then one at the top. Obviously, you have Navas in the back, but the most of the play is going to go through uh, Brian um, Ruiz. Ruiz, mm-hmm. and absolutely. He he's their best player. He's a winger, really good with set pieces, but he doesn't necessarily like the backtrack. So whatever side he plays on. That's where the U.S. is probably going to most likely attack the strongest because he doesn't. That you'll have Roddy uh, Roddy Wallace, who uh, is excellent at going back and forth when it's sense of Absol- offensive and offensive play. Absolutely, uh, they actually ran the five four one in the Gold Cup. Some have fun. When I was at that game, the USA actually was struggling to break that back line, um, or even in the not, midfield. Exactly, they couldn't. They could not break that back line or that midfield. So really. It was a struggle. I think uh, David Guzman is a, is, a, is a quality player. He is what I call not really a destroyer uh, in, uh, defensively, but a nice defensive-minded defensive minded midfielder. Also, I love Brian Ruiz. Um, he's one of the, he should have an MLS contract, in my opinion. I don't know. I'm surprised that MLS has yet to contact him. Because he is a fantastic player. Uh, great on the ball. Great vision. No, absolutely. And Ab- I... I think I think he's a fantastic player. I don't know why MLS has contacted him. <laughs> Seems like you're uh, you're fawning over him. Um, <laughs> what I was gonna say is going back to that Gold Cup game. Yes, you uh, Costa Rica is very difficult to to break down. Uh, if I remember, Kellen Costa, Michael Bradley was having issues. Now Christian Pulisic adds a dimension to the U.S. lineup that is completely different. So now. For from the Costa Rica perspective, expect either four or five at the back or four or five in the midfield with one at the front. Uh, leading the charge is Marco Urena from the San Jose Earthquakes, but he's been disappointing, only scoring four goals and two assists and 17 appearances this season. But he is quick, so we'll see how that tests that back line. Now, Armand, your lineup for this national team isn't necessarily what we're going to expect from Bruce Arena. Bruce Arena is probably going to play a 4-4-2. Howard at the back. Jeff Cameron and um, Beasler in the middle. Beasley, God, uh, the old man on one side. Zussi on the other. Bedoya, Bradley, Johnson, and Pulisic will create the midfield with Altidore and Wood at the front. 
Yeah, that's my that's that's uh, our expected lineup. I was struggling between Bedoya and Acosta, but I have a feeling Arena will side with more experience yes. and put Alejandro Bedoya in of the, there. Uh, the magnitude of the game, absolutely. And I, I, we've seen Bedoya play and play really well for a national team. But my lineup um, is actually a lot differently. I want to go back to the trend of the three back line that's been taking over uh, soccer recently, and actually what they used against uh, Mexico. So. I, our, the strength of the United States national team is the center backs. Let's be honest. I think defensively, they have one of the strongest teams. I think they should start evolving to a three-back line. Um, my lineup, I would have Howard and goal, uh, Omar Gonzalez, Jeff Cameron, Matt Beezer, make up the three center backs. Uh, my left wing back would be Fabian Johnson. My right wing back would be Zussi. And I've been a, I criticize Zussi all the time, but when he's more up the pitch uh, as more of a right midfielder, uh, far up the pitch, I think he's more of a threat than um, anybody else that the United States currently have. I mean, Yedlin isn't on the roster, so they're going to have to use Ducey, and I like him in that midfield role. I have Acosta playing next to Bradley. I think it's good to get that youth going. Uh, Pulisic in the middle, uh, th- uh, threading passes to Altidore and Wood. Um, so it's 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 a relatively interesting lineup. I think the Acosta-Bradley combination needs to happen. Uh, in my opinion, because uh, it allows Bradley to play a lot better. We've seen it happen. Yeah. And um, I think pool six centrally will also happen as well. Yeah, so you have to look at it from a perspective. Okay, they're playing Costa Rica, who are going to pack it in. This game's on the road. It's in New York. Uh, the crowd's going to be fantastic. Now, let me remind you, uh, there was an article out on SI by Grant Wall saying, this is the first real big game in New York. In its history, yes, they've played friendlies. Yes, they've played some Gold Cup games. But this is the USAA team with Pulisic, with Outdoor, with Bradley, with Howard, and the World Cup qualifier. This has never been played in New York. So with Costa Rica packing it, I would switch the lineup to, yes, a back three. with the exact. We have the exact same players, Armand and I. Except uh, Zussi? Or do you still have Zussi? I don't have yeah, Zussi. You, you, you do have Zussi. You do have Zussi. You're missing a player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... Pulisic would play. It would my lineup would be a three four one two, where yes, Altidore and Wood would have to. They're not necessarily wide players, so you would still link them up. But with Pulisic right behind them, it's going to create pockets where Altidore, uh, not Altidore, for Altidore, but also Bradley and um, Acosta to be able to open up the passing, and that's I think is going to help wear down this Costa Rican midfield. And break into the defense. I mean, don't forget, Kaylor Navas isn't a crappy goalkeeper. He is world class. He plays at Real Madrid. He makes phenomenal saves left and right. So, how is the United States going to break that down? And it's going, a lot of the burden is going to rely on Pulisic to create for Altidore and Wood to get opportunities. And then you're going to have that four right behind Pulisic to, to tidy things up and to maintain that pressure. It's really interesting that we have the same players listed for the uh, the, the lineups. Um, well, it's not like we have a selection of a hundred players. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but but yeah, it, it, it's interesting because I was looking through them. I was like, wow, we have the same exact rosters. Um, but um, I mean, it was tough for me. I was really debating between Acosta and uh, what's his face, uh, Bedoya, um, in my own lineup because I really like Bedoya on the national team. I think he has a great work rate up and down the pitch. Now. You could say he's a really just basic player, but I think he has a, a fantastic, uh, a fantastic work rate. And um, I think Fabian Johnson at the left mid or the left wing back 
left mid, left wing back, is really interesting because they actually played that at Mönchengladbach. Um, so he's used to that. And yeah. I think that provide a really interesting dynamic to this team. I don't think they'll run that. I think they'll run their basic four four two as we mentioned earlier. I, but I, I think it's I think that's to too boring. It's too safe from Bruce Arena. He needs to go out and get the three points because Costa Rica could could break uh, on Easy. the counter easily. They do have the players for do that. Costa Rica isn't a, 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 a weak squad, so you do have a clash of a cl- of. I think the United States will go for the three points. That's how their mentality is going to be. While Costa Rica. They're safe. They don't have pressure to win this game. They're ahead of the United States in the standings. It looks all but certain to qualify for the World Cup unless of a you know debacle remaining uh, three games after this one uh, uh, against the U.S. So the United States has to gun for more creativity and put it on Pulisic. I think he can handle it. He plays at Borussia Dortmund. It's Borussia Dortmund is the second biggest club in Germany. And the way he started for Dortmund, everybody's talking about him. He's the next Dembele at Dortmund. He's going to get swooped up for 50-60 mil. I promise you that. That that is the baseline for his price tag. He will be the most expensive American player and probably the most expensive American player. If And then you can combine players 2 through 10 and he'd still be valued higher or worth more. <laughs> that, 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 that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting take, but I think he can handle the pressure. And I think the USA needs to. I think USA needs to get some goals or at least put some pressure on Costa Rica. They can't. This is a must-win. Like Donald, like I've said, like you said, this is a must-win game. Oh, and it's... It's going to be a fantastic atmosphere. I don't want to let that... Red Bull Arena is a soccer venue. So we'll be able to see what that is. Now, for some reason, they start the game on a Friday night when traffic is heavy. I don't know how complete, uh, how full that stadium is going to be by the no, game I, start. I, I, I have no idea, but Red Bull Arena is a fantastic, one of the best stadiums in MLS. Probably one of the best ones in America. Oh. Uh, Toronto's in Canada, but... Um, yeah, it's going to be a fantastic atmosphere to see. It's going to be great to see that stadium full for once. Yeah. Uh, Armand, let, let's finish the show out. Now, how do you see this game finishing out? Are we going to enjoy this game, or are we going to be sitting on the edge of our seat or be frustrated? I think we'll be sitting on the edge of our seats. I think the Costa Rica team is looking at or gunning for a win. They beat USA 4-0. They know they can beat us, and they know they can beat us really well. Um, I do expect the United States to come out with a win, but I think they'll squeak out with a win. I expect a 2-1 victory. I expect it to be 1-1 throughout most of the game and then a, a goal coming really late from uh, a, 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 I think, I would say Altador. A, a Dempsey uh, substitution. Uh, or, or a Dempsey substitution. Uh, uh, goal break maybe the like record. The step, Remember, the Dempsey's 70- on the record. Right, in like the 75th, 80th minute. If he breaks the record on that, good on him. But I think it'll be a 2-1. I think it'll be a really close affair. Uh, I think this game's going to be uh, comfortable for the U.S. A lot of possession, like you saw in the Gold Cup. Expect Costa Rica to to break, to pack it in. Ultimately, it's going to be you know it's going to finish pretty easy for the U.S. We're going to look back. We're going to talk about the frustrations with with the midfield with forcing things, but ultimately Pulisic is just too good of a player not to to create opportunities for the U.S. to score, and this is going to be a comfortable three points for the U.S. And then we're on to Honduras. So exciting Sweet. stuff. Follow us on Twitter at Unc Sam Soccer Pod. 
Stephen Jodderin at follow me there. Aman. Follow me at K A F A I Sport. Yeah, nobody can ever spell your last name. So uh, we'll be back Sunday. We'll look ahead to Honduras. We'll recap USA Costa Rica. Enjoy the game. Go USA. Uh, come on, Yanks. Do it for Uncle Sam. Do it for Uncle Sam. The available AKG 36 speaker sound system in the Cadillac Escalade provides 360 degree sound, not just here or here, but everywhere. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving. The in-dash OLED display in the Cadillac Escalade has 38 total diagonal inches of color display. So why do we give it a curve too? I guess you could say we like to bend the rules. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade never stop arriving.